I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Hey everyone, welcome to the Power 365 show. I'm excited with the guest I've got on the show today. It is Steve Guggenheimer, Corporate Vice President, uh, involved in, of course, the AI and the ISV program that has been released for Microsoft Biz Apps. And I know there's a lot of chatter going on. You know, the launch has happened. Uh, It's exciting times. And of course, there's going to be a lot of iterations and changes in the weeks and months ahead. Really, the journey has only just begun in that respect. I hope that some of the things I brought to his attention, the questions I asked, uh, will uh, you know give you some more insight on where things are going and the exciting opportunity for ISVs going forward. Uh, for full show notes, uh, please go to nz365guide.com forward slash 111. Now, let's get on with the show. Steve, welcome to the Power 365 show. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you on here, but before we get underway and discuss all things around the new ISV program, can you tell us a bit about what part of the world you hail from, where do you live and play, and what you do outside of work? Ah, I spend my time uh, in Redmond, Washington, but more and more in Montana, so that's where I, I hang out a lot. Um, you know, I keep busy, uh, family, golf, um, uh, hanging out with friends. Used to, yeah, given your part of the world, used to play a lot of rugby. Uh, don't play anymore. My wife banned me about five years ago, but uh, I, you'll find me with the uh, Seawolves are in the finals, which is our local men's professional team. Um, I was at the Hong Kong Sevens recently. You'll find me in Japan in October. So that's my other passion. What what position did you play? Uh, loose forward, six seven. Until you get older, and then slowly they move you to lock, and slowly they move you to prop, and then. Then you get to be an old boy and you get to go back to lock again, or sorry, uh, loose forward again, which is nice. So how did you get into rugby? I played American football through high school and uh, I walked on at the local university and uh, just wasn't big enough for the position I played at that level. And so somebody said, come try this other thing. And that's what I did. Wow. Wow. Just for our listeners, rugby is a, a sport that originated in the United Kingdom, but is dominated by the All Blacks from New Zealand, which, of course, my home country, very proud of. <laughs> Last two World Cups. I don't know about this World Cup. It'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of changes happened between this World Cup and exactly. last one. Yeah. Across the world. Yeah. So true. So true. Anyhow, you are the Senior Vice President uh, of this new ISV program within business applications. Is that right? Uh, the term, uh, just for for you know accuracy sake there corporate vice president we don't corporate vice president yeah we don't have senior anymore um we have executive and corporate uh uh, but yeah i'm i'm trying to help orchestrate the uh movement into this to sort of a new era for the line of business isv community Uh, and this program is part of that effort fantastic and so you've been involved in what's happened with the azure isv program to date is that right have you got some experience there yeah you know i ran what was called our our dpe um a developer and platform evangelism, and then it got renamed to DX or Developer Experience Division for about four and a half years. 
Um, and that's when we actually initiated the uh, Azure ISV program. In fact, that's when we sort of got back into having an ISV program uh, and co-sell and co-marketing and all the other pieces. And so trying to leverage that that piece of work because at the time we didn't do anything for line of business ISVs. Um, so trying to leverage both the learning there and then what others are doing in the industry as we as we build out this new program uh, in the Dynamics Power Platform side. Gotcha. Now, are you still, I've seen your name used a lot around the artificial intelligence side of things with Microsoft. So have you been involved with that as well? I have. You know, when I left uh, the DX role, I went and spent about two years working on AI over in research, uh, about a year of it in research, and then uh, got moved into the Dynamics team since it was solutions focused. Uh, and so I spend about, I, even today, I spend about at least a third of my time, used to be half my time, um, working on AI, sort of working with customers and partners on their AI journey, uh, just sort of helping them understand where, where we are as an industry, you know, what Microsoft's doing, how they should think about it. And so that's about a third of my time today. And then the rest is uh, the ISV work. Okay. So just, just on that, tell us about practical AI and what does that mean to you? <laughs> um, there's a lot of hype around AI, you know, as there is with many new technologies and uh, people get pretty excited about the potential, which is awesome. But the uh, um, I tend to think about pragmatic AI, which is, you know, how should I get started as a, as a business or as an ISV? Where should I focus? Um, how does it fit with the other portfolio of technologies? What's realistic? You know, the, I see all these amazing things on television. Does that all make sense today? Does it make sense for me? And so I'm, I'm, we went from sort of AI for everyone. Let's just sort of get everybody excited to, okay, now let's get pragmatic. How should we spend our energy and time? And uh, that ends up being, you know, a very, you know, regular conversation, Fortune 1000 companies, you know, CX, you know, CXO level people who, who really want to go there. And that's an area where I, I've spent enough time with enough organizations to be able to at least provide some insight. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's another pet topic of mine. And I'd love to do a, have a discussion <laughs> with you about it. But uh, let's get on to the topic at hand. So no what are you wanting to achieve with the new ISV program for business applications? I think there's a couple things we're after, which is uh, first is just bring the, you know, the line of business ISV motion into the same working set as the rest of the ISV motions, in particular Azure. Um, if you go back in time, we had a phenomenal amount of energy on Windows, actually, Windows PCs and Windows Phone and the App Store. Um, and, and then over time, we were able to transition some of that energy into Azure and the Azure work. Um, I'd like to get you know, essentially the business application side to be a first-class citizen, both inside the company and then in the community overall. Uh, and now there's lots of things you look at for that, but that's the, um, and then ultimately you look, uh, uh, we're a platform company. And as we've, you know, refactored the, both the, the services into SaaS services, the sales and marketing and talent, et cetera, and the platform underneath it with Power Platform, as both of those become more platforms, the, the, success of any platform is, you know, determined by the health of the ecosystem. And so the success of our ISVs, which is ultimately what we're after, um, is the health of the platform itself. So that's, you know, a healthy, successful, growing ISV ecosystem um, is the definer of a healthy platform. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So what do you see is going to be different, if you like, to some of the programs that we've seen in the past um, in the BizApp arena? You know, it's, uh, I don't know them perfectly well, but the interesting thing about biz apps is they they mostly ran independently. I mean, they tend to plug into some of the um, you know at that time programs underneath the Microsoft Partner Network and underneath the umbrella 
But I know when I was running DP and DX, uh, they ran independently. Like we didn't do anything. And so it never plugged into the broader Microsoft engines, whether it be the um, the broader go-to-market engines, the broader co-sell engines, the broader DP engines. We never did the technical work. There was just no, they just ran independently. And so um, I think with this program, there's four things that we're really focused on. One is I, I think about it as platform or product truth. You know, the engineering work that's being done specifically for the ISV community, um, whether that's the tool set, whether over time that's telemetry, whether that's life, app lifecycle management, things to help ISVs with their customers. The second is um, cleaning up sort of the marketplace set of work. We, you know, Azure has a marketplace. We have AppSource. There was a separate um, tool that was used inside of OCP that was based on the old DPE work. Um, and so there are lots of places to plug in. And so we're going to one infrastructure with the Azure team for both ingestion of, of applications and ultimately distribution and delivery. We might have different front ends, um, but the infrastructure and therefore all the mechanics are the same. And that's a big piece of work. The, the third area is alignment with sort of the broader go-to-market motions for Microsoft. So alignment with the OCP field, we're actually getting some dedicated heads to um, focus on this particular space, both technical and, and um, uh, business-oriented, which we haven't had, uh, or we've had very few. Um, we're going to line up with the co-sell metric. We're working on metrics for the, the field that line up uh, onto the overall subsidiary scorecard. So all the standard things you want in place so that so that the business application side and dynamic side plug into the broader uh, field motions, which again, that's new. And then the last part is a, a new program, um, which is meant to provide both stability um, to the funding for co-marketing and co-selling and a little bit more energy into that. That's the rev share side of it. Um, and also help ensure we have uh, sort of ongoing consistency and capability for the, the tenant access. So, those four things end up being the set of work that's being done around the the ISV effort, you know, heading into next year. You know, it it's not all it doesn't all land perfectly all at the same time exactly as you want, but you have to hit you have to hit the beginning of the fiscal year, otherwise you lose a year. So um, we've really focused on let's get going for next fiscal year, let's simplify as much as necessary to get going. Um, and let's, you know, uh, simplicity is, you know, the opposite of complexity in this case. And so you know, we won't be able to, to deal with all the nuances in the beginning, but let's let's get going. And that's key. Otherwise, you, you lose a year. Yeah. So those four work streams that you've got going, I take it they're all running in parallel. There's separate teams involved across those. There's there's separate, but often there's overlap between them. We have a, we actually have 20 plus work streams going on associated with this work. Um, we meet. In fact, as soon as I'm off the call here, we meet every Thursday for two hours. There's you know, as a group, all of the work streams, and then there's, you know, many, many other meetings along the way. It's been a pretty intense effort to kickstart a new program in a six month window or less, actually, uh, inside of, you know, a hundred thousand person organization that cuts across, you know, field engineering teams, marketing teams. It's a, it's a chunk of work. So we spend a lot of energy to, to orchestrate all the pieces and make sure everything lines up. Mm-mm, I bet. So, so you know, Jerry Maguire said, you know, show me the money. How are ISVs going to make more money with this new program? Which, of course, makes everybody more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's the ultimate success. the The goal here is to get the the Microsoft sales. Couple things. One is to get the Microsoft sales force to help drive leads towards our ISVs in this particular area. Um, Has it been a focus before? We've got a pretty broad sales force. We have a pretty 
broad marketing organization. Um, so part of this is to help get more leads to them. Part of this is to use our marketing capability and our marketing expertise in conjunction with ISVs to help them drive their marketing. So sort of increase their overall marketing effort. Uh, part of this is to raise the overall awareness for uh, dynamics and power platform as, as platforms to build on with our customers, which we're already starting to see. And you need that, um, you know, as that platform grows, it's all, you know, it, it's got a lot of ISV opportunity and potential because it's, it's very industry-based. Uh, it's very solutions-based. And so the combination of just growth of the platform through our own marketing and through our own energy, coupled with um, investment in ISVs as part of the solution set, either in, in a marketing, you know, from a marketing basis or a sales basis, is the, is the you know, backbone for helping ISVs grow their revenue. Yeah. So Charles Lamana said that, that, you know, one of the targets is to grow platform adoption by about 10 million users. Uh, uh, that, that's a phenomenal number. And of course, that's an opportunity for ISVs to, to be involved with, right? Yeah. And we're, we're starting, you know, it's interesting the the energy in this space is growing. I think the, the work that Charles and, and uh, Muhammad and, and, you know, James and all the other teams have done to separate out the platform that, that, um, you know, we all use from the SaaS services, make them both good platforms and then have that line up really well with Azure at office. It's starting to resonate more and more customers. You know, I'm actually hearing from ISVs that are getting pulled into customers um, because the customers are, are, are liking the synergy between the, the Azure platform and the power platform and the services on top of it and office and the ability, whether it's security or management um, or any other tools you have when you're, building things out, the ability for those things all to stitch together well is a real positive. It doesn't mean everybody uses everything, but um, there's a, you know, there's a pretty positive energy around that. Yeah, yeah. So one of the questions I got from the community is how many, how many biz apps ISVs did you involve in your thinking or kind of, you know, uh, in aligning this program? Did you take any, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, workshops or anything like that with any uh, folks in the biz app community? We did. There's a, I wish I remember the group. What's the group that is at the PAC? PAC, PAC, Partner yeah. Partner Advisory Council. Yeah, Partner Advisory Council. So we've, we've spent, we've done a couple sessions with the Partner Advisory Council from the very beginning. In fact, you know, right when I first came on, had a conversation with them. There's been conversations in Inner Circle. Uh, done a few regional tours and met with some of the local uh, ISVs in Europe, uh, primarily. Uh, and then uh, uh, those have been the primary mechanisms. So and then we tried to publish the blog out early in April, you know, start getting feedback, which we have been. Uh, the intent is to, you know, not surprise anybody. I mean, the normal, <laughs> traditionally, we wait till, uh, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes people would wait until the very end, like July, and say, ta-da, new program. We've tried not to do that. We've tried to be transparent. I published that the blog on this in April, um, and that was after, you know, we did, uh, I can't remember, it's one or two pack conversations on this. Um, so, Yeah. Okay. 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 Makes sense. Makes sense. So, so another question, you know, got from the community was around: Is there going to be an opt-out option of the the you know the first tier if an ISV doesn't want to be involved? No, I mean the answer is no. I mean the program doesn't work if we head down that particular path. The, you know, there's a couple things that we're working on. Part of this is the um, the opportunity for ISVs. Part of this is consistency in the experience for our mutual customers. You know, when, when things are not going through our, the marketplace um, app source, you know, there's no ability to guarantee security. There's no ability for the lifecycle management tools. There's no telemetry that comes from it. Um, I mean, what happens is, is 
the customer has a you know a bad experience, there's no way for you know us or the ISV sometime to disentangle where the challenges occur. Uh, and so we're going to go tell customers the you know the only place to get a safe and secure and manageable application that Microsoft you know stands behind with our ecosystem is from App Source. And so people, there's no opt out. There's no you know, other, other path. Um, that's the, look, we're going to, we're investing a lot of sort of money and energy into this platform to create opportunity for ISVs, but in order to make that work, we need to be reasonably consistent that, you know, the way to get access to the best ISV uh, technology and capability is, is by leveraging the platform and being part of the program that drives that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. So, uh, do you think it'll get to the point where, you know, uh, ISVs basically will be begging to get involved, right? In other words, the program will be so good because at the moment there's a bit of apprehension in market. And I think it's, it's you know, with change, there's always, oh, what does this mean for me, you know? It, how can you kind of uh, alleviate to some degree the fears that perhaps ISVs, probably more the traditional ones too, that have already got a big customer base, you know, upwards of let's say they're doing 10 million a year in revenue. And, and what, what's your, uh, if you like, wait and see or watch and see kind of advice to them about how this program's coming together? Well, well, first off, I mean, look, I, I hear the feedback. I mean, the truth of the matter is there's a number of ISVs who've, who've sort of spent good energy on lining up against the Microsoft motions, how we sell, how we market, and we're, we're normalizing those now. So the, the thing that's an advantage for them today sort of becomes less of an advantage and it suddenly has a cost associated with it. So they, there's no, they don't necessarily love that. Um, but the only way to scale is to not have every ISV figure out how to run and, you know, integrate with Microsoft independently. It just, there's no scale to that. And so the, um, you know, we're trying to do as much as we can to help folks over the, over the hump, um, in terms of the, the conversations we're having and, and trying to work with folks individually that, that have worked with us for a long time. The truth is, look, I think there'll be some ISVs who don't love it and, and may decide that, gosh, this just isn't for me. Uh, and then at the same time, I'm seeing a pretty good amount of energy from ISVs that haven't traditionally worked with us that are seeing both the momentum in the marketplace and the opportunity as we roll out a new program to sort of get lined up with uh, the Microsoft sales and marketing team. So I'm seeing a little bit of both. I'm seeing some negative for sure and some positive. Uh, we're trying to help support our uh, existing ISVs by having some criteria in place before they can move up. If they want it to be at that 20% level and really get the co-sell, we're putting criteria in place that, you know, uh, align well with people who have worked with us in the sense that we'll want to see some positive, um, you know, results from the past before we sort of send them, send them in front of our own field. In terms of wait and see, look, that's not my general suggestion to folks, you know, we'll put a lot of energy in the beginning, getting this thing off the ground and the ISVs that are in there early will be the ones that get the most energy. And my experience from Azure is, you know, the folks that were in there with us early that the field got to know, they, you know, they were the, they got the best out of it in the beginning. Uh, and then over time that sort of lasted. Uh, I can't tell people to, you know, lean in or lean out. My general suggestion is the, you know, Satya has been pretty, vocal on power platform, um, this particular space, the opportunities, you'll see him do more of that. It was pretty, pretty well covered at build, which is new. Uh, I thought that's a pretty good indication. Um, you'll see it covered, um, 
at the Ready Inspire conferences in July. Um, you'll see it. I don't remember what the conference is in October after that. Um, but I think you're seeing air cover from, from Sacha and Scott. I think you're seeing the whole field now start to have metrics associated with this and um, opportunities relative to their compensation. And so, you know, you can wait and say, hey, I'm, I don't want to lean in yet. If, if you don't lean in at all, then you just won't be in. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. If you're not in the app source, then we're not, we're not, we're not doing much for you. We're going to tell customers that that's not the right path. If you're in app source, but gosh, I don't really want to go to that 20% level. I don't really, I'm not sure I'm going to wait and see. You know, that's a choice. I've, you know, assumed that some people will go that route, uh, but, but we'll try and find, you know, folks who want to be in that, that tier to, to work, use with our sales force to help them go with, you know, go out with customers. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's, it's definitely an attractive opportunity for newcomers to Microsoft or newcomers as new ISVs. It's the, old, it's the old ISVs that are struggling with the model. And, and partly, I think they need to perhaps relook at um, uh, their dependencies on Dynamics and perhaps take a, uh, you know, as in the Dynamics licensing SKUs, as opposed to using the, the P2 SKU, can instantly create a, a, a better advantage, if you like, for them by really readdressing and looking at what SKU dependency they have. In part of that, um, where does embed and you know ISV embed come into play in, in what you're doing? Yeah, I think those things go hand in hand. I put it. The embed program was sort of a stepping stone towards this point, which is we link together the benefits of sort of co-selling, co-marketing, and some of the work we're, we're doing uh, with this program, though it wasn't at scale yet with the field, with the requirement to purchase licenses um, and resell them. And so this program is all about decoupling those things, which says, hey, you can, you can be a partner with us and we will do co-selling and co-marketing with you, whether you choose to you know, buy and, and distribute licenses or not. And so my feedback to any ISV is, look, this is your choice. If part of your model is to you know, buy and resell licenses because you find value in that, great. But it's not a requirement for doing co-selling with us and, so, and co-marketing. So... I want to separate those things. They're, they're different tools, and you should pick the tools that are right for you as an ISV, and we no longer require the, the purchase and resale of, a, of the license as a requirement for co-selling, co-marketing. Hopefully, um, ISVs find value in that. Um, if, they, if they want to resell, absolutely. But if they don't, they shouldn't feel like that's a requirement or a burden anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Under OCP alignment that you talked about, and you know the metrics that you're putting in place for the field and the, at the sub level, etc. How are you going to, if you like, see the training of my, you know, the Microsoft field staff around ISV solutions? Uh, you know, there's a lot of tricks that we learned from Azure that range from making sure it's you know easy to easy to find ISV solutions, and that's one of the reasons we're moving to a single marketplace or a single backend, so we're not running something separate for the OCP that field that we run for our customers, uh, making, making it easy to search, making it easy to understand by geo, by solution set, by industry, you know, all the core pivots you would want. Part of it's training, um, you know, making sure we, we show up more to have the ISV and solution conversation. Part of it's making sure access to case that, that we work with ISVs to make sure the, the tools that resonate the best with our sales force, um, are things that they're working on creating that some of the co-marketing work. And then there's, you know, there's 
other types of programs that we've used in the past. So a lot of subsidiaries will do an ISV day or ISV days, you know, where whether it's once a month or uh, I don't know, once a quarter, bring in a set of ISVs on a specific topic, bring in the uh, sellers um, and the marketing teams and do some sharing. That's, that's a practice that's worked pretty well on the Azure side, uh, making sure when they get to industry events, they get pulled in. So there's a, a decent set of tools that are used to try and uh, help the field understand ISV solutions and, and also to help our ISVs understand our field. And I think we've deployed those in the Azure case and the goal here is to well, you know, deploy those in the Dynamics case now. Yeah. So there's going to be a need to develop an ISV field type relationship um, as in it's going to be a need. There's going to be a need for ISVs to be proactive in also their part of building that relationship with Microsoft Field. Yeah, I think that's that's right. You know, that'll become part of sort of what we help ISVs with. And there's two there's really two parts to that. Part of it is the dynamics field where and where I think there is some relationships in some places today. And then part of that in our energy here is also to get the broader Microsoft field. Um, and folks who focus on Azure to also at least, you know, have some sense of where to look and how to think about, you know, business application solutions. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, so, so can that's you, a big goal. Nice. Can you give us some high-level dates of when you kind of see key activities? And let's not hold you to any of these because I know it'll just be uh, – It'll be intended, it's, it's where you're going, and of course, things may change. But when do you see kind of key um, motions happening? Well, they, they're happening and have been happening for a while now. The, uh, we did the blog to tell ISVs where we were going in April. We've been doing a ton of work internally. I mean, I, the planning process for Microsoft is sort of a January to uh, you know, June type activity. And so we've been really running hard at that. And then externally, look, the Inspire timeframe and the Ready timeframe in July, that's a big moment. That's sort of kickoff. Uh, I'd expect to see some good energy there. Um, August is sometimes a bit of a quiet month, um, you know, depending on the country. And so we'll see where that goes. And then I think, you know, September through December, you run hard. Um, I think you'll see this show up everywhere. I think there'll still be lots of questions. We'll be doing recertification and app source. You'll see us start to do marketing. Um, to customers around, you know, much more on dynamics and pushing that. And my gut says we'll have, you know, some type of moment again after the new year as we take the learnings we have and, and filter those out. But really the big moment right now is July and then and run from there. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Now, one of the things that um, has is kind of transition, I don't know whether you're involved in it, is this whole ISV competency. Uh, it was there and then, it you know, it was, um, you know, sunset. Um is that your responsibility or is that actually another part of Microsoft that's responsible for the specific ISV competency for partners? Yeah. It, so that comes out of the OCP team. It goes in alignment with Microsoft Partner Network, which is the umbrella for all partners. Um, they've had the notion of competencies for other types of areas before. They tried ISV. I don't think it it sort of landed the way they they maybe wanted it to or um, sort of had what they were after. So um, I don't, I'm not responsible for it. We talked with that team a bunch to try and help them as they think about what is a, I'll call it a generalized program that the work we're doing for Dynamics would sit on top of. And in the same way as the Azure team had an, sort of an Azure specific offering, which they essentially do, it would sit on top of. And so that team is busy doing a lot of work to rethink um, what a program for ISVs that's general under the MPN network could look like. 
And so that's that's the effort. And we're just a contributor to that. We want to make sure there's no overlap or confusion with what we're building. Uh, and that's that's what we spend our energy on. It makes sense. So any internal user rights, that type of thing that's been traditionally available, of course, sit under that program. It's not part of your remit. If it's a gen- general program for everyone, it would sit, and that's how that was designed. If we decide that, hey, maybe that type of you know uh, right doesn't belong or isn't aligned with a general program, then we change it. But for now, we're, we're letting them try and figure out what they want to do. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Listen, one of the things that freaked me out in the documentation you released was around self-reporting model. And, you know, I think back to the days when everything was on-prem and people got a bit fuzzy on self-reporting. And, you know, they you might be consuming a thousand licenses, but only reporting on a hundred odd. How Do you see that self-reporting staying in play for long or is that just giving you time to get your telemetry data up to speed? Uh, just getting us time to get our telemetry data up to speed. Um, you know, we'll do self-reporting in the beginning and then over time as, as the tools get better and as we evolve our capability, hopefully we'll be able to move away from self-reporting. Uh, but that's one of those trade-offs for getting started that you have to make, um, versus not getting going. But the intent is to opt is to automate that work. Of course, of course. Okay. So one of the other, um, you know, questions that came in from the audience was around, unsupported apps and is there going to be a notification in the ui to the end customer that the app they're running is unsupported what are your thoughts around that you should assume that's the direction we want to go in it's not going to be day one um but you should assume and that's why you know can we opt out of the program you know should i get started the answer is going to be yes because we're going to want to be more and more clear with end users over time that anything that's you know not coming out of the marketplace and not part of, you know, the program with Microsoft is not something we support. And we'll want to be proactive and making making, that, making people aware of that, you know, at all levels. Yeah, makes sense. Let's pivot to AppSource. Um, you know, in my history of, I don't know, I've been around for around 20 years with Microsoft, but 16 in, in biz apps. We've had things like Pinpoint in 2008. Before that, there was Microsoft Solutions. There's been the Dynamics Marketplace, and AppSource came out in 2016. And, of course, there's been a lot of feedback, um, you know, from the market around the quality of apps, if you like, in AppSource. What's your plan to kind of clean things up and turn this into a marketplace that people will really flock to, if you like, and and really start to move ISV licenses and, of course, the roll-on to, to Microsoft licensing as part of that? Well, that's the... Um... That's part of the program and, and sort of the work we're doing. It's a clean, you have to clean up app source. It's got a bunch of junk in there. Um, and so everything has to recert, not everything. Most things will have to recertify. You know, things that are modern and, you know, we recently certified and are on power platform and we understand pretty well, you know, we'll be, it'll be quicker. But everything gets recertified as a, and part of that will be a cleanup process for app source. And then going forward, you know, we need to make sure that um, as we tell customers, app source is the only place to get you know, your apps that the, um, the apps in app source are good apps. And so that, so we'll spend energy on that. And part of the tools that we're working on is to make, you know, certification easier over time to enable sort of automatic checking, um, whether it's every year, every six months of apps to make sure that they're still up to speed. If we've updated the platform, um, or there's new functionality to, to understand that those apps are still representing the best that we have to offer as a, as a community. Um, 
And then, you know, relative to the history, I, I think Pinpoint was built out of um, the partner channel at that time. It wasn't built out of Dynamics. The Dynamics marketplace was sort of a one-off. Uh, the beauty of sort of what we're doing right now is that alignment with the engineering team. So uh, the engineering team that actually worked on the Windows Store for years um, and the IT team that's been working on the Microsoft internal tools all came together within the Azure organization. And that's the team that's building the marketplace and the tools. And then when we start to think about things like, you know, search optimization, um, the categories for the you know apps themselves to make it easier for customers to find the right solution. I mean, all that work is going on, um, but it's going on in one place now versus a bunch of sort of one-off places, which to me is you, you combine that with, you know, a real focus on certification, um, cleaning up the, you know, the apps, um, the app source marketplace. I think we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. So that was definitely a follow on from that is that there's, there's one thing around cleaning up the, the kind of what well, let's let's call them sample apps that really don't do anything but hopefully generate a lead but are really nothing that's sitting up there and then the second part is around discoverability you know at the moment the search function is you know less than on par with what people to expect and it's often you'll search for something like you've explicitly said i want a ce solution yet it starts all of a sudden presenting you know things for business central and fno and it's just like hang on i said i said quite specifically ce why are you, you know, presencing all this irrelevant information to me? So is that is part of your rhythm then as well to clean up the searchability. The If I'm searching for something, like at the moment, it'll never run out of apps to present to you. And, and one of the things you want to know, if there's no app here, there's no app, you know. Uh, thank you, my searching is done. Not that I need to keep, am I using the right keyword or something like that, you know. Yeah, no, the intent is to... And there's a team focused on that. And again, it cuts across um, the Azure marketplace as well as AppSource. So the, you know, and if you think, if people say, I, I feel pretty good about Azure, well then good because the, the tool set and the team and all of the work um, that are going into that are the same team and tool set that we're going to use for AppSource or are using for AppSource. So another question that's come up is around SLAs and app submission. So often if an app, sorry, if an ISV is producing an app and it has regular updates, like let's say they're, most, they're the same type of frequency or cadence as a power platform is getting updates made to it. So we can be talking less than every four weeks, a new version of that app, whether it's patching it or, you know, bug fixes or something like that. At the moment, the there seems to be a massive delay to that app being approved because it's going through the recertification process. Is there going to be some type of, you know, differentiation maybe that if a patch, it gets updated within a 24-hour period rather than at the moment, you know, up to four-plus weeks for getting approval when it's just a bug fix or a patch? Uh, you know, I, I haven't looked at that scenario closely. I know there's a there's a bunch of work to make it easier to actually automatically recertify. Um, so it can be just done with tooling, which should speed that up. Um, there, there's a focus on the team on um, ensuring that whether it's a change to power platform or the ISV is making a change, we can handle it much more easily, much more quickly. So the intent is there. I haven't looked at that specific case. If you, you know, send me a note offline, we can ask, you know, Omar, but I, I think we'll get to where you want to go. Yeah, awesome. And then the other one is, when will the changes <clears throat> start to roll in AppSource? Is that more around the, you know, September timeframe that you would actually see these changes come into effect? Well, I think the, 
Look, July we go live. I think you know August, September we're busy recertifying and, and updating the marketplace. And I think a combination of the apps getting changed and the update to the tool set is, is sort of fall time frame. And one of the things, you know, once we get going here, then you're just on a rolling cadence. You know, Azure has a regular cadence and, and the, the marketplace is part of the overall, you know, uh, engineering roadmap. And so there's, there'll be an ongoing set of work, including things for discoverability, you know, for transactability, things you want in the marketplace. The, uh, we have a, you know, a set of cadence in the uh, Dynamics business application side, Power Platform, you know, that's in April, October, and there'll be sets of work going on. And there's a, there's a team and a cadence for ISV specific work, um, you know, that Julie's working on. So once, once what, Ju running, Julie Strauss. Yeah. 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 Okay. So once we're up and running the, you know, it's not like sort of one and done. These are things that we build on. And so there'll be a, you know, an ongoing set of work to continue to, to optimize, you know, across all assets. Yeah. Have you got any feel for timeframes around the commerce element coming into play? Um, I know Azure's kicking it off. It, you know, I don't have an exact date on that. That'll be one yeah, of those yeah, milestones yeah. we get to. Um, yeah. I'd expect but, sort of fall or after fall probably. So definitely FY20. Uh, I would think so, but don't hold me to it. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. One other thing that, um, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, shocking reviews, if you like, that are happening around apps, kind of um, scenarios that perhaps the ISV has got no control over whatsoever. Uh, that's happened recently. And, and is there going to be a kind of an improvement of the review process? As in, so this is cus this is customers, if you like, putting dodgy reviews. Uh, you can tell they're, they're not legit companies. You know, none of them are kind of been tied to anybody legit. Is there going to be a cleanup of that? I don't know whether there'll be a, quote, cleanup of the old stuff or the tool set when we go forward so ISVs can give, you know, comment back if somebody provides, you know, feedback. Uh, and the ability to have a conversation. So that is one of the things that's being factored in is how do we do a better job on the uh, ability for ISVs to be represented in that conversation. So Steve, before we get onto the quick fire questions and wrap things up, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, look, the, you know, you said it early on, you know, change drives both um, opportunity and fear uh, or discomfort. And we're right in the heart of that. Um, I feel pretty optimistic. I have to say we've got, uh, good platform work that, you know, Charles and Mohammed and James have done over the last year and a half to build on. We've got real ISV truth. We have phenomenal air cover from Satya and Scott at the highest levels in the company. We're seeing really good interest from customers really starting to pull both across Azure and now solutions. And there, look, there's no other company on the planet that can take you from, you know, the infrastructure side with Azure up through the solution side with Power Platform and Dynamics. You know, you have to go stitch two or three companies together. Um, so that energy is good. You know, we've got the OCP field leaned in now. We've got, you know, dedicated resources there. Uh, we've got the Dynamics field leaned in. So we've got everything we need. Um, you know, we need to do a good job now of delivering sort of great ISV solutions, getting the energy going in the right direction. And, and I think we'll get off to a good start. It, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It won't necessarily be easy, but I think we have the opportunity to build something phenomenal. And the, the program's the backbone for it. So, you know, people may not love it, and I'm sure we'll do some adjusting. But for now, we got to get going. You can't, you can't do anything if you're sitting still. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, to wrap up, let's do some quick-fire questions. What's one thing on your bucket list that you haven't done yet? Uh, there's a bunch of places I haven't golfed that I'd like to golf. Um, 
So an Ireland, an Ireland trip's definitely one of them. Okay, have you done St. Andrews? I the funniest part is I walked across the bridge. It was before I ever started playing golf, and so I sent pictures to my friends to harass them who play golf. Um, so <clears throat> that's on my that's one of the ones on my list. Yeah, uh, it's be- it's beautiful up there. Beautiful, love it. What excites what excites you most about the future of AI? Oh, it's just the potential for humanity. I mean, most of what people see about AI. Um, comes from what they've seen on on TV, which has a lot to do with you know robots and and bad things. The truth is, if you look at the opportunity in the, the medical field and the health field and sort of sustainability for the planet, all these other areas, um, you know, there's nothing else like it. There's no other tool like it. It'll take time, but in terms of raw potential, what it can do for society is just huge. Totally agree. Steve, who do you recommend as a guest uh, on the show in future? Maybe somebody else in the ISV team. Um, you know, you, it'd be fun to talk about accelerators at some point. So I'd probably get David Pennington on to talk about the work we're doing with accelerators. Those are a really phenomenal tool set, uh, and we're starting to get some real traction. He was on a few weeks ago, and I've also had Smith on about the same the the same thing. So okay, uh, there's a guy named Sean Alexander that I just brought into the team. Uh, he used to be a member of the DPE DX organization, and he's just coming up to speed on the scale tools. Um, so you can get Sean on. Uh, he'd be a good person to talk to. Excellent. Anybody else? Uh, Greg Nelson on my team. Uh, he used to work for Jean-Philippe directly. Um, he's done BD for a long time. He's helping us with the business strategy side of this. He's another good person. Excellent. Sounds good. Steve, it's been great to have you on the show. If people want to uh, basically follow you online, where you're posting, what you're doing, where can they find you? Um, you know, Steve Guggenheim are on LinkedIn. It's pretty easy to track. I do a lot of posting there. And then Twitter's at Steve. So those are two of the best outlets to follow me. Hey, thanks for listening. I'd love to get your feedback on any episode. So you want to comment, you know, comment on, on the blog post associated with this. You'll find it in nz365guy.com forward slash 111. If you have, uh, if you're an ISV and you want to chat further, you know, I'm part of the Power uh, ISV program and love to help you out. If you want to get some insights and in how these changes affect your business, here to help. So feel free to reach out. Anyhow, I hope that was valuable. Bye for now. See you next time.